this morning. Uh, for those who are visiting, um, and just or just checking it out, really glad you're here. Maybe you're an unchurched person this morning, like, I don't, I don't really do church, I don't really know what's going on. We're just, we're really glad you're here. This is a place where you belong, and uh, feel free to, to be here anytime you want. Um, grateful for uh, the regulars. Love you guys, love doing life with you, and last week we talked a little bit about that, about um, asking and inviting you to help us build a healthy, life-giving church that unchurched people would want to become a part of, and that requires each and every one of us. And so if you weren't here last week, I'd encourage you to listen to it online. Uh, or if you even go on our Facebook page, you can find Ricky Lee's story. She shared last week. Well, she preached last week. I mean, she was just awesome. Uh, it was really, really great. And if you didn't have a chance to hear it, it's like a 10-minute little blurb you can find. I would really encourage you um, to do that, just to, to, to find that stuff online and to just resource yourself with, um, with his word and with some encouraging uh, encouraging stuff. Uh, for those who are listening online, we welcome you. Just want to give a shout out to Howard and Perry Sound. I know you're listening. I was going to shout out to Dietrich and Victoria, but they actually showed up all the way from Cape Spear. Is that where it is? Out in New, New, Newfoundland? Newfoundland? Right, back there. Way, way, way out there. Super glad to have you guys. Um, this week, uh, I listen to podcasts as well. It's one of the ways that I find that the Lord speaks to me is uh, through those uh, moments of just uh, whether I'm driving or or working and just having some of these opportunities to listen to stuff. I was listening to a guy by the name of Kevin Gerald, uh, Champion Center, I think is the name of his church. You can check that out online. And he was sharing some stuff that uh, I've been listening to for the last little bit, and it just really challenged me to look into my own life uh, in, in some certain areas. And, and so I want to share some of what he shared um, uh, on his podcast with you this morning and some other thoughts as well. So we're going we're gonna to jump in this morning because I'd like to talk this morning about Something that affects every single one of you has affected you today, whether you realize it or not. It's something that, that we come into contact with all the time, and yet we're seldom aware of it. And uh, uh, so uh, uh, how many coffee drinkers are here this morning? Um, there's got to be more of you because we go through a lot of coffee. Um, but, you know, the, for the coffee drinkers, uh, my brother-in-law, Wes, he bought this really expensive coffee machine, and he swears that it makes the best coffee. And I was like, whatever, Tim Hortons makes the best coffee. Don't, we're not going to fight about that. Uh, but uh, I went to his house, and he made this coffee, and I was like, oh, it is like the liquid of the gods. You know, it was so amazing as I, as I held it in my hands, and it was warm, uh, warm feeling mug and drinking this, sipping this. It was just perfect. It, you know, it was something like that. Uh, and it, as you get to the Anybody had a coffee like that before? You like you can you just that there was one there was the coffee of all coffees. Uh, those are those are amazing moments. But have you ever had a coffee where you end up taking the last gulp and you have to chew it? Those coffees you remember just as much, right? And if you've had one here, we apologize. But when you when you have that kind of experience, what do you what do you immediately think? There's something wrong with the filter. Something wrong with the filter. And it's like, you know, this is one of the things that I want to talk about today is the, the filters in our life, that there, there may be something wrong with um, the filters in our lives, and, and uh, it's a good thing to become uh, aware of it and reminded of it, because um, there's all different kinds of filters. There's some filters for, for you, so many of you use filters all the time. There's some filters that you use that make you uh, look better than you actually do. For all of you on Instagram, here's, uh, yeah, so, you know, filter. <laughs> No filter. Um, and some of you, um, this is, you regularly use filters and you weren't aware of, uh, of that. Uh, for some, you use filters uh, on, on the internet when you're shopping uh, on Kijiji. It's the filters that help you find stuff uh, that you can afford in the location that's close to you. Um, but most filters are meant actually to protect you or something else of value. 
That's why we have filters in our life. They're meant to protect uh, us or things of value in our life. For instance, if you've got a filter on your internet, it's to protect your children from sites they shouldn't see. I mean, you can have them for yourself to protect you from sites you shouldn't see. It's a protection thing. Your dryer has a filter. It's protecting you from your house burning down. Uh, That's why it's, and you should clean that regularly. Uh, The furnace filter. For those of you who just took a breath of air, do you realize that our state-of-the-art furnace filter, which is somewhere down there, has been purifying the air for you so that you could breathe? <sighs> you just experienced a filter. You didn't even know it. But most of you did. You experienced filters as you drove uh, here this morning. You know, if your oil filter, it, it was working, you weren't thinking about it. You weren't driving to church saying, honey, I'm so glad we have an oil filter in our car. You know, you, you weren't thinking about that. Because they, we just take it for granted that they're, that they're working. And they affect us uh, every day in some way. And so we want to talk about that this morning. Um, filters... Filters need to be checked and changed regularly in order to remain effective. You know, when you have a coffee, that you get the coffee grounds in there. You don't go and say, oh, I just got to try and pour another pot through. You get a new filter and you start, you start over. Uh, the filters need to be checked and changed regularly in order to remain effective. Uh, sometimes I get my oil changed at Speedy. I'm sorry, John, normally it's with you. But sometimes I go to Speedy. And at Speedy, they change the oil, but they also do a whole bunch of other stuff. They come out after, midway through your oil change, and like, sir... Um, we'd like to show you your air filters. And so I go in there, and they show me the, the, the engine air filter, and mine was just covered in black soot. And it's like, oh, yeah, that looks pretty bad. And I was like, oh, okay. And then they're like, and yeah, and this is your cabin filter. And it was full of, like, fur balls. It was like the neighbor's cat climbed in there, died, and that was what, I was like, I wondered why it smelled so funny. But they're like, uh, these, they said, if you would just change these, it will increase you know, you're going to save time. You're going to save money. It's going to increase the performance of your car and maybe gas mileage. And like, I don't know if you've seen my car. I don't think there's any help for per- its performance. But uh, they, like, they're telling me, just if you would just take some time, I'm like, you know, and then so then my Dutch brain starts, starts calculating the cost of filters at Speedy. They're double the price. Sorry if you're listening from Speedy, but you're way out overpriced. And so I'm thinking, you know, so I tell them, oh, you know what? I, I'll, I'll, uh, I can pick some of those up on the way home. I'll change that myself. I actually think I have some filters at my house that I can put in there. And uh, then the, 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 the guy says to me, he's like, um, sir, that's what you told us last time you were here. I'm like, you are probably correct. You know, I had really good intentions of changing the filters, but uh, didn't actually find time to do that. And the thing is, in our lives, if we don't change the filters in our life regularly, if we think, I don't really have time for that, they actually the same thing happens. It costs us more money, it costs us more time down the road, and it can cost us um, bigger problems. The filter that's meant to protect us can actually uh, end up becoming a source of problems. It can, it can cost big time. Uh, back, uh, Beth and I have been married 15 years. We just celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary, which is... Pretty awesome. Last night I told everybody she's a lucky woman. She said I shouldn't say that this morning, so uh, I'm definitely the lucky one. But um, the uh, uh, 15 years ago, for those of you who don't don't didn't know me back then, I was a uh, duck farmer and a duck trucker. Uh, it's just pretty cool. Um, I would drive live ducks down to Brooklyn, New York. Got all kinds of weird looks on the way, uh, and I just it was great. It was really really fun. Uh, and so Beth and I got married, and uh, we, we were farmers, and so I had to go on a, on a trucking run, so I was gone for two days, and 
And she was left home to watch our first crop of ducks. And so we had these cute little ducklings. I don't know if you've ever seen, you know, the little ducklings. They're just super cute. Well, the first day I had the ducklings, I turned the water too high. And so the, the pipe burst. And I came in the morning, and the barn was flooded. And all my ducklings were swimming. Uh, all, and so we had to drain the whole barn and start over. Well, three weeks later, when I come back from this trip, Beth's like, something's wrong with the ducks. They're all, like, flopping on their backs. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound good. I went in there, and they're all pecking the water lines and flopping all over the place, having heat stroke. It was a summer, and I was like, this is terrible. And I, I thought, maybe I turned the water too low. And so I went and checked. No, it's fine. I went to the house. I looked at the pump, and it's like, no, it's, it's running. There's, there's, there's definitely water pressure. I'm like, what is going on? I called, the, I called the owner of the farm that I was renting. He's like, well, did you check the filter? I'm like, there's a filter? I'm like, I had no idea. So I followed the lines, and I found the filter. And sure enough, clogged so, so um, full that no water was running through. And I opened up water everywhere, got the ducks some water. But that day, we lost 300 ducks. I know, for those of you who love ducks, that is a sad story. For those of you who love money, that is a sad story. Um, but we lost a lot more simply because we failed to check the filter. And a clogged filter can actually become the source of, the source of bigger problems in your life. It's not just that it's uh, you know, a problem. It can actually, what was meant to protect you can actually cause you bigger problems. We talked about a dryer fire, but uh, in our house in Townsend, um, we, we would ha- it would get really dry in the winter. And so we bought this big, huge humidifier thing that looks like a, an end table, but it's actually a humidifier, and it blows humidity into the, into the air. And so there's this big warning sign on it, change the filter every year. And I'm like, no way. That thing is expensive. So it's big. It's this thing. It's like a wick. It draws the water up and puts the humidity out in the air. And so uh, the, I've used it for a couple of years. Well, this year I pulled it out and I was putting it in. And, and after a couple of days, I I'm, I'm f- just keep filling the water. I look in there. And I'm like, that, that, something doesn't look quite right. And I lift it up. And sure enough, in there, in between all the folds is this black stuff. I'm like, anybody know what the black stuff is? Yeah, mold, blowing mold spores into the home. So what was meant to help protect is actually causing toxins, spreading toxins into the air. Why? Because it became the source of bigger problems. They need to be checked. They need to be changed regularly. So your filters need to be checked and changed regularly. Amen? Okay, you can all go home now. Some of you are like, what? Yeah, I know. Some of you are thinking, well, I thought this was church, you know. Like, don't they read the Bible here? Like, uh, thanks for the reminder, Mark, uh, that, that, you, that you got, you know, told me about my furnace filter and whatever, but I'm not like you. I change them regularly or what, whatever. But the reason we talk about this this morning, the reason we care at all about coffee filters and any of these other filters is that these other filters that oftentimes we're unaware of, there's one that we're usually unaware of, and it's the fact that you yourself have a filter. Do you realize that? You have filters, multiple filters, and you're like, not everybody I know people who have no filter. You know, it's, you, you know them. It's those guys who walk in like, are you pregnant? Oh, no. Oh, sorry. You, you just must be gaining weight then. Uh, and you're like, uh, yeah, awkward. Some of you know those people, right? They, the thing is, they do have a filter. It just doesn't filter what comes out. It's filtering what goes in. Every single person has a filter. And, you know, it's not one of those things that um, you can surgically remove. It's not like one of your organs, like your liver and your kidneys that are all filtering your fluids in, inside your body. There's this thing called a mental filter. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but every one of you has a mental filter. If you study psychology, uh, any kind of the uh, cognitive thinking and behaviors, you, they, they talk about this thing called a mental filter, and everyone has one, and it's the same thing. The same principles apply. It's like, it's like one of these. 
a mental filter that's, that's filtering stuff that's going into your brain, into your life. It's meant, we'll do that again. It's meant to protect you. The same principles apply as a regular filter. It's meant to protect you. It needs to be checked regularly and changed uh, regularly uh, to remain effective. And if it becomes clogged, that mental filter will actually cause problems in your life. Sometimes you're like, oh, all these problems in my life, it's got to be this, this, something outside. A lot of the times it's simply a clogged mental filter. And you're like, I don't think I ever remember reading in the Bible about a mental filter. You probably didn't read it in those terms, but you've, you'll see it all throughout the Bible as we look at the next couple, uh, at the ne- next couple of weeks. And so we'll uh, take a look at one thought this morning, and that is the fact that Paul, who was um, a follower, well, he wasn't a follower of Jesus to begin with. He actually hated the church, hated Christians, tried to kill them. He actually becomes a, becomes a Jesus follower through a miraculous uh, experience with Christ. And he's so convinced that Jesus is who he says he is, that, that he is the Son of God, that he goes and begins telling everybody around the world about this Savior. People begin following Christ, become followers of Christ, and he writes letters to them saying, this is what it means to be a Jesus follower uh, in your town. This is what it means to follow Christ when you can't see him. You're like, uh, how do I follow someone I can't see? This is what it looks like. He wrote a, uh, a letter to this uh, people living in Rome. First century Rome was a bad place for anybody who called themselves a Jesus follower to live. Incredible persecution, and yet some of them were, were there just living out this, praying for their enemies, serving those who were um, abusive to them. Just this, this whole different way of living. And they were in Rome, and Paul wrote to them, and we know it as the book of Romans, but it's a letter. And closer to the end of the letter, he writes these, these profound words in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. He says to them, don't be conformed to this world. He says, don't, you know, you used to, used to live a certain way. It's kind of the way that everybody around you is living in Rome. He's like, I don't want you to, I don't want you to be conformed to that. I don't want you to fit in with that. He says, but I actually, he says, I actually want you to be transformed. I want you to be changed. I want you to be, become something different than you originally were. And he's talking about how that happens through the power of Christ. And he says, this is actually how Christ does it in your life. He says, it's actually through the renewing of your mind. It's through the renovating, that's the word renewing means renovating, making what was into something different. Anybody done a renovation lately? It doesn't happen just like that. It's not like you can come to church today and say, oh, uh, Mark said stuff and I'm fixed. I'm good to go. Uh, My problems are solved. If you build anything, it takes time and there's steps and there's, you know, one thing after another. It's the same idea. He's saying you got to, this, this, this way that you think, this mental filter, is, he says it's, you've got to work on that. You've got to keep, keep um, renovating and changing. And he says the renewing of your mind, the renewing of the way that you think, the way that you judge your thoughts, your feelings, your desires, your attitudes, He's like, you gotta be, you got to be on top of that. you got to be checking it regularly. you got to find out, is it actually thinking the way that it should be thinking? And he says, you know what? I don't want you to be conformed to the world. I want you to be transformed by changing the way you think. Because your mind, your mind can become clogged, uh, clogged with different things that actually affect you and cause problems in your life. It's, it's this thing called the mental filter. There's residue that stays in there. You know, if you had residue in your coffee filter, you'd look at this in the morning and go, yeah, we're, we're not using this one. But how many of you wake up every single day with residue in the mental filter of your life and never think twice about it? You just go on with your day and it's actually affecting you. We say, how does the residue get there? What is it? The residue that's in our mental filter, it's things like the, it's, it's the experiences we've gone through 
that we haven't really let go of. It leaves stuff in our lives. For instance, being offended. Being offended with somebody. You know, someone, someone hurt you, and now it's like you just never can get past that. Every conversation you get into, somehow it ends up about that person. You know, my husband, he was the worst. He treated me like garbage. And you're like, and it's like, so you like Disneyland? Yeah, Disneyland's awesome. You know, so many wives go there with their husbands. And my husband, he's so dirty. He's a, just the worst rotten. It's like, hey, um, well, how about the Maple Leafs? Yeah, the Maple Leafs. Yeah, they're going to win this year. But, you know, my husband loved the Maple Leafs. And it's, what is that? It's the residue. It's this leftover thing that's, uh, that, that's left in the mind. And it's almost like, it's almost like having a sunburn. You know, if you walk up to a friend and say, hey, buddy, how are you? Give him a tap on the back, which I did to many of you this morning. Hey, hey how are you? Like, yeah, I'm good. And then all of a sudden, you know, if you walk up to somebody like, hey, how are you? They're like, what's wrong with you? You're like, what do I do? What I like, I got a sunburn. You know, you just like, it's like you were, you know, it irritates this thing. What is that? It's simply the mental filter. It's simply the things that are the residue that's left in there. And there's lots of them. There's like disappointment. You know, you went through something and you prayed. Friend was sick. You prayed. You know, your parents were not, we're fighting all the time. The word divorce is coming up, and you prayed. You prayed. It feels like God didn't answer your prayer the way that you had hoped or you had wanted. And so then you begin to go through life thinking, I don't, I don't know if I can really trust that he cares. The next time you come across a situation that's similar, I'm not going to pray this time. I'm not going to trust God this time. He didn't come through for me last time. What is that? That's, that's residue in the filter. You know, we've been talking about the fact that life is hard, but God is good. Those two things are, they can be in the same sentence. For some, it's like life is hard, so God must not be good. That's not true. But what is that? That's residue in the filter. And it's affecting the way you think and affecting the way you live. Unforgiveness. You know, for those, some some have trouble trusting God. Others have trouble trusting people. Why? Because there's this unforgiveness to somebody, and because you carry that around, you don't even realize it, but you just can't get into any deep relationships with people because you're carrying that. You have no idea that you're carrying it because it's in the filter. Fear, rejection, abuse, criticism, hurt, you know, all that stuff. We're not denying that it happened, but the truth is that your past doesn't have to determine your future. You don't always have to be affected by what happened back here. That's the power of renewing your mind. That's the power of renovating and rechecking and cleaning the filter. You got to get the crud out of the filter. The filter maybe you weren't even aware of. You know, some of it's that. Some of it's just simply lies that the enemy drops in your head as you're going through life. Not everything you hear is true. And the enemy, you know, uh, for some of you, like, you know, we don't really talk about the devil very much here. We just don't really want to give him that much credit. But he exists. You know, and his minions, his demonic forces, they're always waging war with our heads. They're dropping thoughts in there. And if the thought sticks in the filter, if the thought hangs in there and you believe the thought, he says, uh, it'll affect you. Jesus said it to some people. He was actually having this conversation with some people who were really antagonizing him. And they thought they knew more than he did. And so he's a little strong with them in this. And, and so as we read at the beginning, um, you need to read the whole context of this in order to understand this part. But I just want to show you something in John chapter 8, verse 44. John writes down this conversation. And, and Jesus is talking to these people who like, you know what? They're calling Jesus a liar. And he says, but he says, you're actually children of your father, the devil. And what he does is he lets us in on, on a little bit of knowledge of what the devil's really like. He says, you're of your children uh, of your father, the devil. And you love to do the evil things that he does. He, the devil, was a murderer from the beginning. He, the devil, has always hated the truth. 
because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character. It's his native language. It's just what he speaks because he's a liar. Satan's a liar, and he says, and he's the father of lies, meaning the origin of every lie finds its root in, 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 in Satan. That's where, that's where all these lies come from. No matter, where they, they, no matter how, what mouth they come through or what billboard they come through, they all find their, or, or, um, their origin in him. And he's dropping lies into your mental filter all the time. He's always trying because he's hoping, you know, that they're going to stick. And if you hear a lie, if I tell you, hey, two plus two is five, and, you know, you're like, well, that's a lie. And you recognize it right away. And you're like, well, I'm not going to believe that. Then it doesn't cause any damage. You're not going to go out to your next, you know, um, whatever, maybe roll up the rim and you've got to answer the skill testing question. And you write two plus two is five. And they're like, no coffee for you. You're like, what? Like my pastor said, two plus two. You're not going to do that. You know it's a lie. It doesn't cause any damage. The problem is when there's lies in your in your filter that you don't realize that they're a lie and you begin to believe them, they create ongoing damage that you're not even aware it's coming from your filter. You think it's like everybody else around you, but it's not. You know, it drops thoughts. I don't know if you ever had these thoughts. Thoughts that drop into your mind. You're worthless. You're no good. You're a terrible parent. You're a terrible child. You know, nobody loves you. To be honest, nobody even likes you. Nobody nods when we mention those thoughts. But he attacks your value. If you ever believe any one of those things, you're believing a lie. Because they're not true. Well, yeah, but you don't know what I did. Yeah, because that's another lie. He begins to bring shame and guilt on what's happened in your past. And he drops lies in there about your past, and it's in your filter. You're like, I'm no good because of that. And Jesus is trying to say, listen, you're good because of this. You're good because of the cross. You're not bad because of all the stuff that's happened behind you. If you're following me, I've taken care of that. But he drops that in. And then if he can't affect you with your past, he begins to drop things like fear and anxiety and worry about tomorrow and about your future. He just drops lies. And and we live with our filter thinking, you know, just going through life thinking, that's just our normal thoughts, but it's not. They're not thoughts that necessarily have to be there. They're thoughts that are stuck in the filter. And, you know, Jesus came to reveal truth. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. And if you'll let me, I'll put my Holy Spirit in you, and he will lead you and guide you into truth. Why? Because there's an enemy trying to lead you and guide you into all kinds of lies. For some of you think, you know, uh, the, uh, I'll just pray, you know, God help me uh, be aware of the devil's lies today. And you know what? The devil doesn't need to drop any new lies into your life if you're still believing ones he left there 20 years ago. He doesn't have to give you any new lies if you believe the ones from 20 years ago. Do you ever wonder why two people respond differently to the exact same situation and scenario? Ever wonder why? How could, how could those two people go through that same thing? It's so similar. And one is like, they're just, they're just a rock solid through it, and the other one's just a basket case. The one goes through and is like, I'm trusting God no matter what. We're, we're, we're good. Him and I, we're, we're going to keep walking. We're keep stepping. You got others like, oh, God must hate me can't believe it again. How much can I take? It's just difficult. What is it? It's in the filter. And the Bible's full of examples. We're going to look at some next week, but I want to look at one today full of examples of where this, this uh, principle applies. Jesus gave an example in Matthew, and Matthew wrote it down. And you know it from Sunday school, so we'll just read through it quickly. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 says this, anyone who listens to my teaching, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. If you notice any, oh, it's not up there yet. Anyone who listens to my teaching is in yellow. 
It will arrive. It's a long way. All right? So, but he says to them, anyone, there's two groups of people, but he says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise, the winds beat against the house, it's not going to collapse because it's built on bedrock. But it says, anyone who hears my teaching, see, there it is again. Anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. It's like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it'll collapse with a mighty crash. And many of you, many of you recognize and remember the story of the sand and the, and the rock. But he's saying something here. He's like two sets of people are hearing the same thing. One says, huh, those sound like really good ideas. I'm going to do it. Then there's the rest of you who's like, ah, those sound like good ideas. I think I'm going to do my own thing. Why? Because there's something in the filter. Something in the filter says, yeah, that's something good. I'm going to do it. Versus, yeah, that sounds good, but I'm going to do my own thing. You know, and many are familiar with the story of David and Goliath as well. The same giant comes onto the same field every day and says the same words. And yet there's two totally different reactions to what happens. You've got, you've got military men trained, been trained their lives. They've been training to kill guys bigger than them. That's their, that's their thing. And you got a whole camp full of them all sitting around like, we can't, talk, we can't, we can't defeat that giant. Like, man, he's going he's gonna to eat us all for dinner. And they're all sitting in their tents. And then a little shepherd boy comes out. He's just like, hey, what's going on? They're like, that guy, yeah, that's what's going on. You know, and they, he looks at him and says, you know what, this guy's defying my God. I, I know my God's stronger than him. I might be smaller. I might be, you know, I might be uh, just smaller than everybody here. But, but God and me are bigger than him. And he goes out, and you know the story. He defeats, he defeats the, 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 the giant. You know, what is it? Those words, those same words come, and one person feels terrified, and one person feels brave. What is that? That's the filter. Do you realize that any single one of the people on this side, any one of those arm, people in the army could have done the exact same thing? Because it was God who came through and did it. But this guy's got a filter of faith saying, I can trust my God. These guys have a filter of fear. I I don't trust anything. This guy has the filter of saying, I don't care about man's opinion. What you think of me doesn't matter. You might think I'm small, but I know who he is. These guys are thinking man's opinion. (laughs) That guy's way too big. That guy's way too small. It's filters. It's filters, and they affect our lives. And you think, man, what if David had had the same filter? We're not talking about him today. Here's the three thoughts this morning. Three Fs. Kevin Gerald put them in Fs, so hopefully you can remember them. Three things. Your filter fools you. Your filter that you have, it fools you. That's why we're talking about it today. And you're like, well, how do you know it fools you? Let me ask you a question. What comes to mind when you see this word? Father. What comes to mind? What's the instant reaction that all of a sudden you begin to think? For some, you right away have this like negative reaction. I don't like that word. You know, because your experience with your own personal father has not been good. And it's like, oh, I, you know, just get that word off the screen. I don't even want to think about him. There's anger. There's frustration. What is it? It's residue in the filter. But for others, you see that word and you're like, oh, my dad was awesome. He was just like, man, you know what? I kind of miss him. I wish I, wish I could just go there and hang out with him right now. What is that? It's filtered. It's a filter. William, William Young, who wrote the book called The Shack, he actually, um, he had, it was in a movie called um, The Heart of Man recently, and he said, you know, the, the turmoil that he had with his own father, he said it took him 50 years to get the father or the face of his earthly father off of 
the face of his heavenly father. He says, every time I thought about God, all I could think about was my father. And it affected his relationship with Christ. Why? Because of the filter. The filter. When you see this word, marriage, what do you think about? For some, you're like, oh, you know, I don't know if I can do that. It's fear around it. You know, what if, what if we don't make it? You know, people in my family got divorced. I don't know. I don't know if I want any of that. Maybe for you, there's hurt and there's pain that you see this. And you're like, for some of you, maybe you think, oh, it's a lot of work. I remember people telling me that when we got married. They're like, marriage, you know, it's just a lot of, you just got to work at it. You just got to work really hard. I'm like, I already have a job. You know, I don't, I don't want to have to work really hard at that. But I found that it's different. I found that it can be awesome and amazing and to share life with somebody who will actually share life with you and encourage you and walk with you and humble you when needed and then pick you up again is one of the greatest experiences that it can possibly be in life. You do marriage right as closest thing to heaven on earth. You do it wrong, fill in the blank, right? It's, it, it's difficult. But what is that? That's residue. That's residue. When you see this word, what do you think of? Diet. For some of you, are like, ugh. Someone's saying Pepsi, right? Uh, that's maybe a diet. I'm on the Pepsi diet. You know, but for, for some of you, it's like, oh, it's this word. Oh, I hate that word. And for others, you know, you meet them, you're like, they're super excited about it. They're like, man, I, I've been on this diet for five years. I have more energy. I sleep better. It's just awesome. What's the difference? Residue. It's residue in the filter. And for some, they've realized that. And so what they've decided to say is we know people have a filter when they hear the word diet. So they've changed it. They said, well, we have a health plan or an eating plan, or a Daniel plan, so that people will actually open their, open their hearts and minds to the possibility of it. What about the word budget? You hear the word budget. Some of you think, oh, no more fun. And for others, you're like, no more financial stress. Yeah. What is it? It's the filter. It's the filter. When you see the word church, what do you think? Bunch of boring, stuck-up, narrow-minded, judgmental, hypocritical freaks. That's not who we are. You know, we're healthy, life-giving people who love you, even though we don't know you. And we want you to be a part of our family because we believe that God loves you, has great plans for your life. What is that? Something stuck in the filter, and it's probably from an experience you've had. What about the Bible? Maybe you think, oh, boring, irrelevant. Or is it, ah, oh, man, it's a light to my path. It leads and directs my life. It's amazing. It's life-changing. It's like honey on my lips, like the psalmist said. And like, nobody thinks that, you know? Like, nobody thinks that. I remember back in the day, I love our precept studies here, because um, back in the day, um, Beth, uh, when she was first uh, starting out with, with these groups, there was this girl named Tara who came to group, and she was like, I just don't get it. I'm like, like spiritual people can learn the Bible, but I can't learn the Bible. I I don't, you know, I just, it, it never makes sense to me. I just open it, I'm like, uh, okay, and then, then I close it, and I don't, I don't even remember what I read. And I said, well, come on to these Bible studies. If you study it with us, you, he's going to open it up to you. You're going to learn truth for yourself. And she's like, I don't know. She came the first night, nothing. Came the second night, nothing. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth, she just kept coming. Because she, she didn't maybe realize in these terms, but she realized, you know what? Boring, irrelevant is in my filter, and I want to change it. So I'm going to keep going until, until I get there. Well, then one night, it was late. I, I'm going to say like after midnight, all of a sudden the phone starts ringing. When the phone rings after midnight, you think it's an emergency and it's Tara. And we're like, oh no, Beth picks it up and she hears on the other end, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. I, I learned, so I, I got it, I understand what it means. 
said, I read it, and it was like the Lord spoke to me. I get it. I know what you guys are talking about now. It's like, oh, she's like, okay, I gotta go. I gotta call Jackie. And I'm like, okay, you know, wait till the morning. But but what is that? The filter just changed. Something just changed in the filter, and all of a sudden, she gets it. You know, you can put anything in there. Toronto Maple Leafs. What comes to mind? Mother-in-law. Okay, we're just gonna move on. All right, so your filter. Your filter, it fools you into thinking things that are not necessarily true. Your filter, it forms you as well. It actually, um, it shapes the way you see you. It shapes the way you see God. It shapes the way you see others. You know, it's, it's the thing that, and, and people see you, and they see you based on your filter. It's like Debbie Downer, who's always walking around, oh, you know, everything's wrong, my life sucks, everything just goes bad. I try something, it fails. I don't even want to try anymore because I know it's going to fail. You know, nobody loves me. I don't have a chance of, you know, ever experiencing love or finding someone. Uh, well, no wonder you're not going to find someone. Who wants to be around that all the time? Okay, sorry, that was too close to home maybe. I don't <laughs> But, But what is that? Because that's not you. That's the filter that is affecting your behavior. There's a suspicious Sam, we'll call him, the one who's always thinking everybody's out to get them. You know, they always think, you know, somebody looks at you and smiles like, what do they want? Do I have the money? You know, like, I'd be like, you know, for me, just look at these people. Some of them are sitting like this. Some got their arms crossed. I'm like, oh, do they like it? Do they not like it? Will they pay money? Will they come back? I don't you, Like this suspicious thing that just affects your whole life. You know, it's affecting your relationships. You don't even realize it. Your opinions, which many of you feel really free to share, they come from somewhere. They come from your filter. They, they, that, that's where they're coming from. Your personality, your attitudes, they're all partly determined by your filter. And so it fools you, it forms you. And the last thought is it fails you. This is why we're talking about it. Because when your filter, same as these ones, when they fail, they fail you. This mental filter, it will fail you. And it's affecting you now and affects your future. Because not everything that you see and hear is true. A lot of what's coming into your mind is fake news. You know, whatever you think of Donald Trump and, you know, everything down there, he got one thing right. He's made the world aware that the media is fake. They've got an agenda that they want you to, to read and different ones. Have, you compare different news companies, news organizations, they're reporting on the same story and the stories are completely different. Why? Because they want you to believe something that they have, their agenda. For those, we have lots of kids going back to university right now. Maybe you don't realize, but they have an agenda as well. They're trying to strip down everything that you've ever been taught and then they're going to replace it with what they want you to know. And if you're not aware, that stuff gets logged into your filter. Bible's a myth. Christianity's the longest running myth. You know, that, that stuff's so old we can't trust it. But you can trust this new stuff we just made up. You can trust this new stuff we just made up. You can trust this new stuff we just made up. You can trust this new stuff we just made up. And pretty soon you're like, huh, I trust this new stuff they just made up. I don't think there's a God anymore. Yeah, it's funny, but it's not when it's a life. And we watch as generations of young people go to university and stop following Christ. Why? Because they didn't realize they got one of these. They never thought, man, I need to check this. I need to realize that there's stuff going on that's not true. And realizing I need to check the filter. I need to be renewed in my mind. It affects your relationships. You know, for those who are like, oh, I just don't, I can't ever like, get to know anybody at the church because I don't think anybody's going to like me. That's a lie. That's a filter lie. Husbands and wives, you know, that don't realize they have different filters fight over everything. And it's only a filter issue meeting with some people, and I was like, hey, this is, you know, uh, this is the way our, our, our money should be um, uh, run. And the other's like, well, I think it should be this way. And now you can't talk about anything. It's like, 
honey, um, what's this charge on the visa bill? What do you mean what's on the visa bill? Like, how am I supposed to feed all five kids without this much money? And you don't give me enough allowance. And how am I supposed to do that? And he's like, not, not your home? Okay. Um, it's not mine either. Um, but we have these things where it's like you just can't talk about it because it's kaboom. What is that? Most of the time, it's just simply a filter. You know, every church I've been to has hurt me. Well, we don't want to be on your list, so you better change your filter because you're like, yeah, well, that church is this wrong with it, and that church is this wrong with it. Well, you stay here long enough, you're going to find stuff. You're going to find people. <laughs> don't, don't let your filter make the list continue. So today, I'm just going to ask our ushers to get ready to serve communion, but I just want to ask you this. How about you? How about me? You got any things lodged in your mental filter that need to be changed? I can just simply say we all do. We all do. I do. It's one of those things we have to look at. How often do you change your coffee filter? Every day. And that's just for coffee. So what about your life? We should be looking at these things every day. Just checking to see, am I thinking the way I should be thinking? Well, how do you recognize if I'm not? Let me give you a couple quick thoughts on how, and that's all I want you to do this week. Next week, we'll talk about how to change it, because you can. But this week, just to simply recognize where those filters may be wrong, here's a few thoughts. When we went over those words, if your mind's skewed to the negative, there may be some filter things that need to be changed in your mind. When you hear the words Father, God, Bible, church, marriage, parenting, community, where, what your mind goes to, it's revealing what's in your filter. Great way to, to, ha- to have it revealed is just simply say, ask God. God, would you... Would you show me what's going on in my life? It's a prayer I prayed, and it's amazing what he reveals to us. Yeah, this is a, this is a filter. This is, this is why you see people the way you see them. There's a, there's a filter there. Another way is to simply have some conversations with people that you trust. Man, it's like maybe some husbands and wives are just going to have a chance to talk today, saying, hey, is there any of those things? You know, how do you feel about some of those things? Or, more than likely, it's going to be like, you know, I've noticed in your life that you feel this way about these things. I think it might be a filter issue. People notice things in other people better than they notice it in themselves. We need each other. We need people we can trust to notice those things in ourselves and have those conversations. You know, the other ones that are just great is simply going to his word. You know, the, he said the word is truth. And to allow his word to... Uh, to bring truth to the lies in the filter. Um, I have to say, you know, that, that the whole Bible wasn't written to you. Don't start flipping through Genesis and Leviticus and like God speak to me. Because they really just, it's a history lesson of the children of Israel. He can, he can speak to you through it, but it wasn't really written to you. You know, the Ten Commandments, he's not telling you to keep the Ten Commandments. He already knows you can't. So start in the New Testament and just begin to read through the things that he writes to New Testament believers. The things where it says, where it says the words us or we. Because those are things that are not just personal for one person or one group of people, but they're for us, us today. You know, he, he mentions to the, to the one, um, in one letter he writes, he says, treat it like armor. He's like, put on the belt of truth. The belt of truth is not a belt. It's something in your mind that says, that's true, that's not true. Yes, that's a thought I'm going to think. That's not what I'm going to focus on. Or that one needs to get out of the filter, and this one, you know, needs to replace it. The belt of truth. For those who were here last week, Ricky Lee shared her story, and it was just really incredible because she lived out what this looks like. She said, you know, there's this verse that she had read that she's like, it bothered me at first until 
I understood it. And she was doing her Bible study, and this is the verse that came up. It's one of the ones that's changed my life. It's this, 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. He says, For God, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a love, power, and a sound mind. Or power, love, and a sound mind. She said, you know, that sound mind part, that was something that, that just spoke volumes to her. And she realized, you know, God's given me a sound mind. I don't need to dwell in anxiety. And she tells her story. You should listen to it. It's great. For me, it was the whole thing of God never gave me a spirit of fear. I've shared it many times, but for those of you who don't know me, when I was 15, I didn't even want to live anymore. I was terrified of everyone. I didn't talk to anybody. I couldn't talk to groups of people, that's for sure. Some of you are like hoping that returns, you know, in a few minutes. Like, But he changed me. He changed me through this, that when I would stand up in front of people, I didn't have to worry what you thought of me because he loves me. I didn't have to worry, you know, if you were going to like me or not like me. I could just simply realize I'm loved and share that with other people. He changed me, changed me, transformed me. I am not the person I once was, and it's not because of me. It's because of him. And it was so that I could walk out what he had planned for my life. I would never have chosen this as a job. Never. But I feel like I've been wired for this, and he knew. And by allowing him to change the filter by allowing his word to put truth in where there was lies, changed my life, transformed, and it can happen for you. Today, we're about to celebrate something pretty incredible that for thousands of years, people who are followers of Jesus would take some common things, bread and and a glass of liquid, wine then, grape juice now. He said, you know what? Jesus said to them, I want you to remember what I did for you. Because we can forget. We can live our lives just, uh, just not even aware of what Christ has done for us. And, and so this, this morning, this whole idea of, of cleaning the filter and saying, hey, the old one's old. I, I, I'm going to start with something new. I'm going to do that with my mind. That originates in something way deeper, and that's in the, in the heart. If you're here this morning, you're not a follower of Jesus, and you wonder why we get together and why we sing songs and why we're, like, so happy and wow, how that, it's because hearts have been changed. And for you, maybe when you think of God, you think he must be angry at me because, man, I've, I've really messed up my life. Or when you think of God, like, I don't even know if he exists, but the truth is that he does. Everything you see around you was created by him, beautifully designed, including you. And you were created in perfection. And yet sin, this real thing where we miss the mark, where we don't live up to God's expectations, and you're like, oh, I don't even believe in God. Well, you don't even live up to your own expectations sometimes. You have these things where you say, well, I shouldn't have. It's all those things in our past where we say, well, well, I shouldn't have. He looks at that and realizes it separates us and says, you know what, I'm, I want relationship with people. I want, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not here to give rules. I want, I want to know these people. I want them to know me. And I'll send my son to make that possible, that he'll pay for sin so that they don't have to, that they can't. That's what he's saying to you this morning. If you've got stuff in your past, he says, I'll I'll forgive it if you'll come follow me. It's a change. It's a saying, okay, God, I don't need to drive the bus. I don't need to be boss anymore. I mess life up. If If you'll lead me, I'll follow. And he takes care of all of that. And he used these symbols just to remind us of that. He says to his disciples then, his followers then, and to you today, he says, this bread let it remind you that my body was broken on a cross for you. Put your name in there, Michael. Put your name in there, Bob. Put your name in there, Jesse, Jamie, Harley. Put your name in there. 
My body's broken for you. Do this to remember it. Do this to remember me. Let's do that together. Jesus, thank you that you saw us. Even 2,000 years later, you knew we would be here in this place needing a Savior. Thank you, thank you for allowing your body to be broken for us that we might be healed. It says afterwards, he took a cup. He says, let this represent that your sin is washed away. Washed away means completely washed away. You don't have to carry your past into your future. That is good news. Thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness. We do this to remember you, to honor you in your name. Father, I pray this morning that your word would sink into our hearts. That even as we take in these emblems of communion in, that we just take in your spirit, take in your word, take in your life, that it might bear fruit in us, that others may see the change in us. Father, I pray as we go from this place, help us to recognize these filter issues in our hearts and in our lives and in our minds. God, I know that everything that you prompt us is for our good and for your glory. So help us to walk in, in line with that, to be, just be open to what you desire to say and to be bold and courageous to walk that out in obedience. Love you. Thank you for loving us first. It's in your name we go. Amen.